Welcome to a new episode of my Dear Future in Helsinki podcast. My guest today is Anna Neumann, a wild food foraging enthusiast who is also sharing her knowledge about foraging professionally with workshops, lectures and books. Anna and I talked about her professional activities, foraging in general in Finland, foraging as an activity creating communities and more. You can find more about Anna's work on www.foraginginfinland.com in English or on www.andanyman.fi in Finnish. We hope you enjoy our discussion and we hope to hear your thoughts on the social media platforms about Anna's question in the end. As always, special thanks to my dear friend Ufuk Evjeman for the sound editing. Hello, Anna. And Hello. thank you for accepting to do this interview um, on this very fine uh, summer day. Um, now, today we're going to talk about wild food foraging. Uh, and the way I want to talk about it, first, uh, you're doing it professionally. You have a brand, uh, you have activities and services. I first want to talk about your story and your business. And then uh, foraging in Finland in general. And then foraging as an activity and then close the interview with that. So, but before we do that, can you introduce yourself a little, your educational and maybe your professional background before all this uh, and so on? Yes, yeah, I'm happy you you asked me to this interview and thank you for that. It's it's always a pleasure to talk about foraging and and, and these things around nature, nature things. So my name is uh, Anna Neumann. Uh, I'm I'm a biologist and I'm also a wild food instructor and also now at the moment I'm studying herbalism as well because I feel that um, the herbal medicine is a huge thing that we are not in Finland like practicing at the moment so that much so that I feel it's so important. Uh, I used to work as a researcher for over 10 years as a biologist Uh, but then I was in the lab. I have I was doing totally different things. I was researching the effect of em- environmental things on our genes, so epigenetics. So that that's all, of course all the the toxins and the foods and and all the things are all, our thoughts as well. But but the food was one big big thing for me to to research about. So and I was really interested in in like nutrient dense food. Mm-hmm. So and and then at one point I found out that we have all these amazing plants growing around us and no one talks about them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was something like blew my mind totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I studied at the university nutrition as well and as a minor, but uh, no one, at least in in my studies, I had no one no one talked about this. Mm-hmm. And I was always I consider that these are just weeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so actually, dandelion was for me the one the like the gate opener mm-hmm. in that way. I I found an article about dandelion, mm-hmm. and then I started to understand more about all the other things as well that we can find. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I was really into these exotic superfoods. My my. My cupboard was filled with really uh, also bad tasting wild, like this kind of superfoods, these powders, which was really popular. This was about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then I 
almost like threw them away. I was like, no, this is so wrong. We are like bringing these things all around the world to here. Of course, they're good things. I'm not claiming that. But then there was just something in me that happened that I wanted to 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 get to get the foods myself. Mm-hmm. So that was a really big big thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and now now I'm. I'm studying herbalism, so so mm-hmm. th- that's the way from the lab to the to the nature in a way. Okay, so this is how you got uh, interested in also you know foraging this food yourself, and uh, but then how did you decide to make it a full time full time profession? Hmm. Mm, I think that happened uh, a little bit later. Actually, I could say that. L- the two last years i've been home with my my two twin boys uh for three years now so they're now starting daycare this summer but but at that point i just like uh, i had the time to think about what is it that i really want to do in my life what is important mm-hmm. uh what makes me happy what makes me smile what what is something that like uh, that really, really gets me going, and and a thing that doesn't feel like work. Hmm. So that was something, and I I actually started to do it more and more during the when the boys were still small babies, and of course I've been do, having these foraging walks for over seven years, but uh, but the I think the last couple of years have been the 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 thing that has now made me have get the confidence to start to do this like real because I always felt that because it was only a side thing I had all other projects all work work things so there was so little time to do to connect with the plants to learn about the plants Mm -hmm. so now when I had some extra time with the boys uh, at home uh, so then then I, I think I feel that so now I have the confidence. Now I know enough. Now I know what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I've been having time to plan and 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 these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, to be able to do something full time that you also are so passionate about, and mm-hmm. uh, not feeling like uh, it as work is is really important. And that's also mm-hmm. uh, more or less my relationship with my food uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can uh, relate to that. Um, but then can you talk about your 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 uh, professional work related to foraging, uh, like uh, your activities, services, uh, workshops, and so on? Mm. Uh, I have uh, written a book, but it's in Finnish. Mm-hmm. So that's like a big thing. And, and I didn't do it alone. I had uh, friends with me. We did it together, all right, really interested in wild foods. Uh, and then my plan is actually now to start to write also on foraging book for kids. That's also in Finnish. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then now at this time, I'm doing the foraging walks uh, and teaching about mushrooms and wild, wild herbs and berries. Uh, and then I have webinars that I do. Uh, then I, I have ebooks that I do, and then uh, online courses. Mm-hmm. that's something I really want to focus on during the winter months because then it's, it's snow here in Finland so that's not much to do outdoors at that point so then that's that's when I want to really share the knowledge online more and then during the summertime outdoors. Are these lectures 
all in Finnish or are there fin English ones as well? Uh, I have at this point most of those are in Finnish, but at some point I really hope to do it in English as well. Mm -hmm. um, now I got to know you from the uh, foraging walk, her wild herb foraging walk we had in Mustikama uh, less than a month ago uh, yet uh, on 11th of May, and um, I I really liked it a lot. I mean, I did foraging before mushrooms and berries, but never herbs. So for me, it was like uh, 100% new, and I really enjoyed how how fluent it all was and how knowledgeable you were and also you made it really fun to, at the end as well and it was all really fun to do it with people that I didn't know I mean like my friend came along with me but then again so many other people as well and I highly recommend people if they're interested to to join uh, and it was really great that you had it I mean it's, it's hard to find these kind of things in English uh, as well mm -hmm. Um, um, so because I joined the Herb uh, Walk, the, the thing that I wanted to ask uh, also for people who are maybe interested to get their attention, can you talk about some of the uses of wild herbs and their health benefits, for example? Uh, there are so many. <laughs> if you think about infinite nature, so we have about 250 different plants we can use in, in some way. Uh, and then addition to that, we can do like smudge sticks from plants. We can clean the house with the, some plants and their essential oils um, and then externally use them in, in many, many things. So, so where to start? The, for example, let's say nettle. That, that's like something that grows all around us mm -hmm. and it's so healthy. It's, it's really cleansing herb. Uh, it, it gives us a bunch of nutrients like iron, calcium, magnesium, magnesium. So, so that that's that. I mean, that's why I love wild herbs because they're so accessible for everyone, mm -hmm. and you you they grow at all the places. Because if you compare with mushrooms again, then you need to go a little bit further away, and, and you find them here and there. And if you're lucky, you might find something before someone else have been taking them. But with wild herbs, we don't need to like compete with people because they are especially the the most common ones. So the the health benefits internally are amazing with with many of those and i have actually many of the people who have been on my foraging walks for example tell that they get like better they get like uh, what do you say mm, they get like ease for menstrual cramps with the ladies mantle plant for example or then using nettle to get the iron levels up mm -hmm. so so that's a really good good respond i get some some from some people but then again, we have all the other things as well. We have the good bacteria that are growing on the, or not growing, are living on the plants and living here in the wild nature. So that's a really uh, important thing. We have the, the mic microbioma in our body, which is nowadays quite sadly um, not as, as, as like, a, what do you say, not as, as many species of these mic microbiome. Microbials, <laughs> wow. uh, like uh, I have now like the three languages in my head, and everything is coming at the same time. But microorganisms, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, uh, the thing is, the food what you're eating now from the supermarket, it's all really clean. 
mm-hmm. not of the good bacteria anymore. And one of the reasons we are sick and, and we have our human immunity is not working as it should be. Mm-hmm. So one part of it is, is the microorganism we get as well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the amazing benefits of going out out to the nature and and just to be there to to breathe in the fresh air and and we all know that if you go out to the nature it's like 15 minutes and your blood pressure goes down and and your blood sugar levels are are better and and all these aspects so it's such an holistic thing and 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 good thing for our health Mm -hmm. in many ways yeah so but if you think about and then then we have all these things we can just eat and and enjoy and have a good cooking and then all those medicinal plants as well Mm -hmm. i mean when i'm now studying more herbalism my eyes are opening more and more again but we have these things that we can all use a little bit to just like balance our Mm well-being before we get sick yeah. So that's and then if we have something small, if we have a headache or if we have some muscle pain, so we can use the herbs. And the one good thing also for the herbs is that if you use um, herbs as medicine in a right way, in a right portion, there are no side effects or very little side effects compared to the traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. So as you know. If you use one medicine for a long period of time, most likely you're going to develop some kind of side effects and then you might need some other other medicine. So this is a more like softer approach. Mm-hmm. And these the herbs is also that we can use them uh, also to support uh, if, for example, let's say if we're using some, we have some medicine or have some some disease, we could use them as, as a support if we know that they're not mixing with the medicine. So yeah. they're always a good support in whatever situation we are in our life. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I, I love the herbs yeah. that much. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's very important what you said, especially about uh, how nutritious it is, uh, all these things that are growing in the wild. Uh, compared to most of the things we find in the supermarkets these days, especially uh, due to industrial agriculture and the, the soil left without so many I- nutrients uh, mm-hmm. these days. And the, the tomatoes we ate today are not the same tomatoes we ate, let's say, 20 mm. years ago because of uh, lesser and, and lesser uh, uh, amount of um, nutrients and everything. So I think mm. a very good point. Um but back to your uh, professional um, work uh, with with foraging. You said that you're going to you're you have a, you're planning to write a book for kids next. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other exciting future projects do you have? Do you have anything else in mind? Even in, pro- in even in maybe right now, just planning. Uh, uh, I think. When you're really excited about the topic, then it's like the other, every day something pops out. Hey, I could try that. Oh, I could collabor- collaborate with those people. So um, at this point, I have some uh, collaborations, for example, coming up with with um, like t- tourism, tourism c- companies. Mm-hmm. So that would be one, one new thing, which is I'm really excited. Um, and then all these online communities we could... We could build so that that's something I really want to do of course 
I don't want to only be online. That's never, never, never my goal because I want people to go together and 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 with me to the nature because that's 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 something I really love and that's like my fuel when I go and have a foraging walk. I feel like so happy after that one. But um, uh, I think I think the an online course that will be for a longer period of time is something I'm planning. Uh, and then also like um, if I think of this basic foraging work, for example, with mushrooms now coming up. So I'm, I'm thinking about maybe having a little bit of a longer course that you have, for example, three, four times we go with the group together because now it's just one time we go with the same group. So I think that would be uh, a really amazing thing and give, give a little bit extra to the people and they would learn better because they go once, so they learn something. But if you will go many times and you have the same people around, then I think that would be really beneficial. Mm. So, but yeah, I think, I, I, I hope, I hope books, a lot of books, I love books myself. So I hope I'm, I'm able to write books in, in Finnish, but also in English, maybe Swedish as well. Swedish is my mother tongue. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know, mm -hmm. many, many things. And, and yeah. Gay, game, virtual games. I, I, I mean, there's like endless amount of things we could do. So that's also as an entrepreneur. So that's a like a problem sometimes because you need to focus um, at one time, maybe two or two or three things, not like ten things because yeah, that's <laughs> that's too stressful at that point. So let's see. Uh, this kind of continues uh, uh, more than one, uh, at least. Uh, gatherings with the same group uh, doing this kind of walks or, or uh, workshops together is, is really interesting. But I must say, even after just one foraging walk we had, I can now recognize wherever I go. Okay. I mean, I can't keep the names so much in my head, uh, but I yeah. know what it is. And uh, yeah. I'm also working um, at least once a week uh, in Tulsula with, uh, with Omama Food Co-op. And okay. there I can also see, okay, I know this part, <laughs> but this one. And oh. So it was really, it's, it's really fun and, and exciting for me to be able to recognize these. And, yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, and I can only imagine what would happen if it were more than one, like continuous. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. I would just be able to eat anything and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice that you say that because that's like one of my points that people, when they start to walk around, they start to look at, oh no, that's, there's so many things we could eat and use and I never knew this. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're walking on food, that there are food all around and a medicine as well. Mm -hmm. So that's that's something. It's it's really fun. And that usually happens on the foraging walks. Just in the beginning, people are no, I can't stand here because there's food here. So that's yeah. that's something really, really amazing. Yeah. So uh now if we continue uh about foraging in general in Finland, um so what are the rules of foraging in Finland? And especially this term that I heard for the first time in your walk, every man's rights. Uh, what is that? Every man's rights, it should be maybe also every woman's rights, but but <laughs> or maybe just every everyone's <laughs> rights. And yeah. we should we should change the man from there to, to keep it equal. But anyways, that's an amazing thing we have in Finland. I know that some other countries has it as well. So basically, you're allowed to go and and forage food from wherever. You don't need to ask the landowner's permission. 
But if you if you would forage uh, spruce tips or leaves or roots or uh, leaves from like these wooden stemmed plants, then you would need the landowner's mm. permission. But otherwise, all these grass weeds, all these we can go and mushrooms and berries as well. We can go to just drive or take the bus somewhere mm. and hop off and go and and find. And take what we find. So, so that's that's really amazing. I know that some countries have, for example, they need to have some kind of permission to mm. go to a nature area, or and then even pay for something that they take, for for example, mushrooms. Mm. So, so this is a really special thing we have in here. Mm-hmm. And of course, we need to respect if there's houses around that people are living so it's not the idea to go on on someone's like in someone's garden but just to keep a nice distance from the house so so then you're allowed to go anywhere and if you would like to forage uh the those you need the landowner's permission so that's also a possible thing you can find out the landowner and you can call them hey can i come and take your spruce tips is it okay can i take your dandelion roots and usually people are like wow yes fine like (laughs) finnish people own a lot of land there are many people who have big big forests Mm -hmm. so so usually it's really fine to take for for a home use as at least so so how widespread do you think foraging in Finland is? Uh, and, and where do you think foraging stands in the local food system in Finland? Mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is, is foraging more of a leisure activity or are there, do you think, people who, are, who depend solely or mostly on foraged foods? So what's the situation? Mm. I don't think at this day there are people who would solely only forage all their food. Um, of course, there's been some people living in the woods and maybe cultivating some food and foraging the rest and, and hunting some. That, that's, that sounds something amazing life. But so I, it's more like a leisure, that kind of thing in, in Finland at, at this point. So, But usually people forage mushrooms and berries are really familiar with those, but People don't forage herbs that much. And those who forage mushrooms and berries are usually a little bit older generation because they have still the the culture of foraging still. But then now we have bigger cities coming and and people living in the cities, they don't live so near to the nature. So that's why herbs are really good like step towards foraging and and this kind of self-sufficiency as well mm-hmm. because they are near the the the, uh, the cities as well but then uh, yeah 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 mm-hmm. so um maybe maybe then the, the new generation are yet to be more maybe active uh, yeah yeah thing. but maybe i think it's the last maybe let's say five years it's starting to be more and more popular also to be to forage all the things mushrooms berries and and herbs so it's it's starting to be like a really really popular thing more and more so that's i'm really happy of Mm -hmm. Uh, but then after the war when there wasn't food then we of course we needed to go to get the food so for example Uh, in Helsinki, the capital, the the nettle didn't grow like bigger than this, like really ten centimeters, because yeah. all people were foraging nettles. There was no food. 
so so that's that's kind of tells a little bit how the times were then mm-hmm. so now we have available we can go to the supermarket and, and buy whatever and we can also buy wild herbs and mushrooms and berries in, in the shop mm-hmm. but but then again in deep down Finns are uh forest people we have that connection even though we would live in the city and we would have this not that deep connection at this point but we all have it there inside of us i believe that so and as a foreigner who came from a big city which is istanbul full of concrete for yeah. me uh just even even if i don't go and and stay in a mucky like a cottage or something uh but yeah. mostly stay in in helsinki and maybe have a little trip around but mostly go to parks or mustikama has been our <laughs> walking route uh, since the pandemic uh, with my friend and also just some little forests around the city like keskus puisto or something like mm-hmm. that Uh, even in Helsinki, especially when you come from somewhere like Istanbul, your relationship with nature really uh, mm. stronger. And uh, and 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 the idea of and the foraging for me has been uh, interesting to to find out. And I got encouraged by my Finnish friends as a, as a new thing for me. Mm. Even though I remember as a kid, I used to I think forage berries with my siblings when I went to the countryside. <laughs> But that's like a very small, uh, fun event it was. But, but yeah. But for people who are maybe interested but don't know so much uh, living in Finland about what they can uh, forage, or and also for listeners who are outside Finland but want to know a little bit, are curious what's going on in Finland. What are some of the most commonly and easily found mushrooms berry, berries and herbs but what are some of the hardest and maybe you know the most precious ones to find uh, i'm thinking about the horn of plenty mushroom which is for me at least a really one of my favorites mm-hmm. and it's difficult to find because it's black it looks like a rotten leaf or something so you really need to go there <laughs> like down down to find them Mm -hmm. so that's maybe a little bit more difficult to find but I don't know at at some of my foraging walks people find them so so it's not impossible so and then if you think about uh, mushrooms and um, most the popular areas like in in the national parks and those so usually most of the people they forage uh, chanterelles Mm -hmm. So so then it's difficult to find them there because yeah. all people have already taken them. So that's that's and they're of course really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from mushrooms with, with berry uh, with the with the herbs it's easier because usually we don't need to fight for for them and be early or anything. We find them with the mushrooms and the berries. Then it's then we need to be early on to, to find them. Yeah. Uh, for the berries, um, that would maybe be no. Th- then we would need to go to to Lapland to find cloudberry. Mm. So that's maybe a really amazing berry there. Uh, then crowberry, uh, that's one of my favorite as well. And then that, that's not that like. Uh, common in in at least those areas i'm walking it's it's not impossible to find it but still it's a little mm-hmm. almost blackberry a really really good and, and healthy one mm-hmm. um 
yeah, but that's maybe those that I come up with at, at this point, yeah. Yeah, and especially with mushrooms, I know, for example, there are people who have their secret mushroom places that they never would like to share with other people, especially if it's some, if it's something that a really small amount and really precious uh, that you can't yeah. have anywhere. I, I I like these stories a lot uh, within the <laughs> within the communities, um, but of course, talking about when you're talking about foraging in Finland, we I think it's good to talk about foraging in relation to Finnish cuisine. So mm. how significant uh, is foraged wild food in traditional Finnish cuisine? Uh, it is important, yeah, of course. And maybe especially the berries, the lingonberries and the bilberries, those are something that I would say most of the Finns eat like during the year, many, many, many liters. I don't remember the amount. I, somewhere I read how many kilos per year a Finn eats. It's bilberries and lingoberries. That was quite much. But uh, that's that's really a part of the cuisine. Uh, mushrooms, yes. Yes, I think chanterelles and, and yellowfoot chanterelles are really, really important mm -hmm. as well. But they're mostly they're seasonal foods that people go and, 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 and forage them and eat them during the autumn but then again we could also preserve more of them so we could be self-sufficient in those mm -hmm. uh, so so eat and eat them all year and you can buy from the supermarkets from the herbs i think uh, i think nettle is the only one that it's it's part of a finnish cuisine mm -hmm. uh, it's the nettle soup that's that's maybe something every grandmother have done to their grandchildren mm -hmm. more or less so so i think that's that's the basis so nettle uh, and then chanterelles uh, and the lingonberries and bilberries yeah. but, but there, there are many 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 more yeah. uh, but that's like the most most common ones that people use mm -hmm. and then there's of course uh, there are new approaches to finnish cuisine i mean there are people chefs trying new things and not just Finnish cuisine actually there is there is this kind of awakening of Nordic cuisine in mm. the past decade or so uh, more or less uh, what do you think about these new approaches um, do you find any I mean I myself uh, I live in Kallio and very near uh, there was this um, uh, vegan um, fine dining place that I cannot pronounce the name of Wild or something like that uh, oh, yeah. a guy who did this uh, solely on foraged foods and it was yeah. so interesting to also just listen to him talking so passionately about the food that mm. he experimented with but what are what do you think about these new approaches to Finnish cuisine or new exciting things happening with chefs in in Finland and foraged food foraged foods uh, that's a really important thing. I, I think that the chefs are one of the big reasons that we have started to use like every basic person or as well use. Because usually when the, something new comes, it's first the chefs. They make these amazing foods and they, they can they can give like bring out the flavors in a really nice way. So we have, for example, uh, as you made the wild restaurant, there's Ossi Paloneva and then Sami Talberg. Which is which are both are really really have been doing amazing work to to spread the knowledge about wild herbs mushrooms as well but 
with herbs because that's something we have totally needed. We have needed that we would learn again to use the herbs. So chefs have been doing an amazing thing by by bringing those to restaurants, but because that's easier for people to taste the new new flavors when there's someone serving them. Yeah. And compared if you take an, uh, your own book and you try to make it yourself and try to find them but that's the first step you go to a nice restaurant you get this amazing food and then you hey wow and what is this I want to learn to do this yeah. so that's that's really really nice that we have these chefs that are yeah. doing this work um, so if we just now talk about foraging let's say as an activity in general without any specific uh, place um, is it possible to over forage and what are your recommendations for people so they don't forage too much or more than they need it? And maybe what are some sustainable ways or methods of foraging? I usually say at my foraging walks that don't take too much and don't be greedy when you're foraging because so many times I've heard people, oh no, I still have these nettles from last year. Now I need to use them up before the new nettles come. So, so, and I'm also <laughs> been doing that at some point. I, I find these spruce tips in, in my freezer. I'm, oh no, like sometimes we just forget. But so we need a little bit trying to figure out how much we are using mm-hmm. um, all these, all these wild herbs. Uh, what was your guess question? <laughs> uh, what are sustainable ways or sustainable or- yes yes good so that's a really important thing and then uh depending on uh, which herb we are foraging so for example the live long which is something that grows really slowly and it's it's a food of an endangered butterfly larva so then we need to we need to know what we are picking we need to know and, and realize that these plants are part of something as part of a system so if we take from there, we need to know not to take too much and always leave the nature as no one was there. So that's really important. So we can't, that's why the everyone's roots, are, the rates are really good because we can't rip, for example, the roots. Yeah. So, and, and break some, some branches or anything like that. We should just like quietly go there and then it, it would, it should look like no one been there. Mm-hmm. So, so sustainability is a really important thing, and 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 then of course we have these some species which are really rare and endangered. So that's why we need to educate ourselves a little bit before we go and and go out to out to the nature. So so we know exactly what we are taking, and we need we never take it all, even though it will be nettle. We never take it all. We take it just. When it's nettle, then we make, make you take maybe half of it, maximum. Uh, but then for the other plants, maximum one third of that little area, I mean. like So so because that's a small ecosystem at that place. So you could, if you take it all, you destroy something. You, you probably don't know it, but some, some bug or something might like to live there. So that's why we need to take just a little bit and, and just don't take too much that's 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 a problem I think for because it's so fun to do it's yeah. so fun to pick those it's so but then then you could pick for some friend or something that you don't leave them there to, to mold in your freezer or fridge or or mm-hmm. cupboard 
Yeah, I think it's it's really important point that you said, especially about knowing about like educating yourself uh, what you are picking, not just it's let's say uh, knowing about its use or its health benefit or something, but know where it stands in the whole system and in mm. the whole ecosystem. Uh, is is it as you said the food of a larva or if it's if it's the home of something? Uh, so it's very mm. important to know know also what they are in the system so yeah. uh, that's a very good that's a very important point um but then well as i said for example when i came to finland from istanbul to helsinki um well in in general my 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 i got more interested in nature as i am closer to nature now rather than concrete um so but how can foraging activity uh, foraging of wild, wild foods uh, change somebody's relationship with nature uh, it changes because when you start to pick food for yourself, you realize you don't want to destroy the nature, first of all. And then when you start to forage food, you start to know, want to know what is that then? What is that then? And then all of a sudden you, you're like surrounded about this with this uh, beautiful energy of plants. And, and as I said in the beginning, it, for the health benefits for lowering the blood sugar and mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, blood pressure so so that that's that's really one one thing yeah uh, and i want to add my idea as well that um when you are closer to nature and and even when you are you know foraging food and not just you know walking around and and you know enjoying the nature you start some kind of an understanding that uh, nature is not just there for us humans mm. uh, to to feed or to be there but it is part of us so so mm. i think it's a big change than okay everything is for me or for mm. us but mm. uh, uh, it's not there to serve us it's part yeah. of the whole ecosystem just like yeah. we are we uh, are all part of it yeah and i have to say one thing i used to for many many years i i almost had this kind of a burnout not like a real bad burnout but i was like really exhausted exhausted with studies and work and all this so and that was the time i was starting a little bit to to know about the plants and i just one of my big biggest like rescues was i went to the nature i just sat there i just sat there on a rock and looked around the nature and what is there and took in the energy so for some people maybe maybe they don't understand that they are like burnout or exhausted or they are at that point that they're too tired but then they for example go on a foraging walk and then they realize oh these are so tasty and then at the same as a bonus they get the, the health benefits of, of being connected to nature because that's that's also something when we are living now in the cities so that's like a big big thing that i think the stress and all these is bigger because we are not spending time in the nature as we used to yeah yeah and especially in the last year uh, since the last year with the covid situation and big lockdowns in many people i think uh, i came to appreciate it even more to be so close to nature uh, either to do all any foraging but also just to walk around i mean when people 
I hear in all kinds of big cities uh, in all around the world because of the pandemic being locked inside their apartments, whereas we, we could, while being, again, still careful, of course, of our distances with people, mm, still, mm. even at the highest point, uh, we could still at least go and have some fresh air and, and mm. very important and good to appreciate. Um, yeah. And I, I think if you think about when the pandemic started, so I, I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So if you think about humanity, so if you want to think about the good things that has come from this, so is that people have started to go to nature and they also started to look inside, look inside what they want, look inside what's important for them uh, and then find a nature connection that we have maybe lost. lost. So that's yeah. it. True. Um, but then foraging um, is something that you can do by yourself or you can do with your friends. And I have also a lot of friends who ask every now and then, okay, this weekend I'm going to this place to do mushroom foraging. Anyone wants to come and so on. But then uh, can, can then foraging bring people together and create a community? And what would such a community be like? And are there such communities also maybe that you can recommend, I mean, uh, for people who don't have any friends to forage with? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you think about, uh, for example, Slow Food Helsinki, which is in, in, in Helsinki, it's really active. Of course, they have also other activities than foraging, but, but they have a really strong community. So I'm hoping at some point we would also have an, similar strong community with foragers as well and something it's been really amazing that people who have been on my foraging walks they exchange numbers mm. and then after that they're like hey, let's go and I have also have this uh, private Facebook group for those people who have been on my foraging walks mm -hmm. so so then then their people are also like find each other online mm -hmm. so but but I think that that's and especially for foreigners in, in, who come to Finland, because if you're a Finn, maybe you have a grandmother you can ask that, what is this? So that, but then if you come from a totally other country with totally other nature, so then the, the community part is a really important thing. And actually a big part of my, my uh, students, as, as I could call them, are foreigners. So that's, I'm really happy that they are finding the way to nature and I can help them mm -hmm. so and, and maybe someday build a community with like like um, let's say monthly activities or or this kind of meetings so yeah. let me go go together because foraging is always better when you go with someone because then you can oh someone remembers what is this and, and the other one remembers and, and, and then we can teach each other and that's also something really important when I have my foraging walks and, and, and I really want that people start to teach their friends and family as well so that we can share this, this knowledge mm -hmm. so that everyone could use, use the herbs and berries and mushrooms. Yeah, this sharing knowledge is, is, is really important. And I mean, of course, uh, I love learning also from books or from, I don't know, courses and stuff, but to this direct uh, knowledge sharing and learning especially especially on the spot is is really of course it's also for me what fits to uh, such a thing but also uh, keeps maybe the relationships and the community itself a very dynamic community uh, but um, well these are all my questions 
do you have any final words or comments? And also, what is a question that you would like to ask our listeners to think further after this episode? Um, maybe one question that everyone could maybe ask themselves is that what is stopping you for going out to the nature and connect with nature? Yeah. So, because I know that we can come up with a bunch of bunch of uh, reasons why, but but truly, why don't we go just more? And if you think about the wild foods, so we don't need to be like a professional chef. We can just go and nibble on some and take some here and there. Mm-hmm. So, so what is stopping you? That is maybe a question. <laughs> Yes, good to think about. So I repeat, what is stopping our listeners from going to foraging unless they are living only in the middle of concrete? So then I can't, I don't have anything to say, but at least for, for friends in Finland, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so thanks for this um, interview. And I'm going to uh, give the name of your, like the link uh, to your um website um, in the introduction uh, but uh, is there anything you are on Facebook as you said you have a Facebook group uh, what else do you have you have Instagram yes yeah I have Instagram which I may be the most active on and then I have the private group on Facebook and then this page Facebook page as well mm-hmm. foraging in Finland and then I have my web web page foraging in Finland And your Instagram well. name is one more time. Foraging, for, foraging with Anna. Foraging with Anna. Okay, great. Yeah. Yes, thanks a lot, and uh, good luck with your future projects and the rest. And I hope I will be able to at least uh, join one more foraging walk in somewhere else. Maybe this time mushroom walk or something. Mushrooms, yeah. That mushroom season coming soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I can only recognize the what's this English name? Suppilolahvero. Ah, yeah, yeah, yellowfoot chanterelle. So I can only recognize this so far, so maybe I'll recognize one more time. And, and yeah, okay, but good luck and thanks for Hi. the interview. Thank you for being invited. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about the blog behind this podcast, check out www.mydearkitchenandhelsinki.com and find it also on Instagram and Facebook. Have a delicious week.